Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chafhei in Masechus Rosh Hashanah. We'll begin with the Mishnah on the last line of Chafdalat Ahmed Bez. Story time. Maisa. Says the Gemara, Maisa Shabboshnaim. Once happened that two witnesses came, Okay. They thought, this is what they thought they saw. They saw the old moon in the morning, Shacharis in the east, and the new moon in the evening in the, in the west. That's how Rashi explains it. You see the last Rashi in Chavdal and Beis, Shacharis B'mizrach es ha-yeshana, ve'arvis b'marev es ha-chadasha. So that's what they thought. Now, you have to remember, as the next Rashi says in Chavay Amaralif, that it's physically impossible. That's why the Mishnah says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, Eidei Sheker Hem. Eidei Sheker, well, that's uh, quite a label. He's saying that they're lying. Sheker usually means that they're lying. Could just be that they're mistaken, right? But that's what they're testifying on. That's what they see. Could be that they just don't know what they're looking at. Rashi says, why they Eidei Sheker? Because it's physically impossible. Because we already learned on Chafam Abayz, one of the three principles of Zera, we, we learned about Amar, we knew that it wasn't so easy to understand with the six and the 18. You know what? <laughs> Barry, you've been good to me. You came on time today. So I will once again do my best to explain. I don't know if I explained it as well as I could have. I'm, not, I'm no Rabbi Heber. I actually asked yesterday, I asked Rabbi Gross, what would you do if somebody asked you an international dateline Shiloh, like whether they can go to Hawaii for Shabbos? And he said, I would refer them to Rabbi Heber. In fact, I do refer them to Rabbi Heber, and people ask me that, and that's what I do. Rabbi Heber has been all over these Dapim lately. Um, but the, uh, the principle, and it applies to what we're saying in the Gemara here, is that the statement was that between the old moon, so to speak, and the new moon, right, there is a 24-hour period, a 24-hour period where you cannot see the moon at all. Okay at a given point on the earth. Now, remember there was something called the old, the old moon and the new moon when you saw him, when you, the old molad and the new molad. That was, that discussion had to do with whether you saw the moon in Yerushalayim before or after Chatzos. Before or after Chatzos. What does before or after Chatzos Hayom matter? Because, as you might recall, we said in that Gemara, that principle of what, six hours versus 18 hours, 18 hours versus six hours, what are those two additional principles on top of the 24-hour rule uh, mean? So again, Chatzos Hayom is three-quarters of the way into what we call the Jewish day, right? Because you have Shkia, and then Shkia to Chatzos Halayla is a quarter. Chatzos Halayla to Nates is another quarter. Then Nates to Chatzos Hayom is the third quarter of the day. And then Chatzos Hayom until... Shkia is the fourth quarter of the day. So really, once you've hit Chatzos Hayom, you're already three quarters of the way into the day. But if, even if you see it that late in Yerushalayim, then you could still say, in other words, even though you're already three quarters into the day, as long as you see it before Chatzos, you can declare this new moon. Why? Because you are in Yerushalayim, which means that the sun, or the moon, as it were, had, had started... Um, the sun had started only six hours prior because this is the source, according to the Baal Amor, which the Chazanish picks up, of the fact that 
the sun starts, there has to be a place where it sort of starts, where the day starts on the globe. That, that place is edge of civilization to the east, which is Shanghai mainland according, right, is mainland China according to the Chazonish. And therefore, you're only six hours into or one quarter into the travel of the day across, across the globe when you're in Yerushalayim, which means that even though, right, any time that you are before Chatzos in Yerushalayim, you still have another 18 hours to go around the globe where it's, as they say, you know, like when they say happy hour, uh, for people who drink in the morning, they say it's five o'clock somewhere. So here, as long as you see the, right, as long as you see the moon before Chatzos, it's day somewhere, which means it's somewhere across the globe, there's still another three quarters exactly of day, right, to remaining to see the moon earlier, earlier at, Shki, at the previous day's Shkia. In other words, because of the fact that you're only one quarter of the way across the globe, you, have, you can be three quarters of the way through the day because it can still be seen at Shkia somewhere else across the globe because of the fact that it's seen before Chatzos in Yerushalayim. That is what the Gemara said in Dafchaf Amir Beis. Okay? That, and the Chiddush of that, so to speak, is that the whole premise, according to the Rishonim, as Rabbi Gross was quick to point out, is predicated, again, the Gemara doesn't say it straight out, but the Rishonim will say this has to do with the travel of the sun, uh, so to speak, the travel of the, in, of, um, the day as it, as it pertains to where we start the international day on the globe. That's just uh, to, to recap some of the highlights, I guess you could say, of last week. But it applies here as well, because Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri said, if they think that they saw, right, the old moon in the morning and the new moon in the evening, that's impossible because that is less than a 24-hour period. This is what Rashi says over here. Eidei Shekerhem, top line. The Kaimalan, Esrim ve'arba shai michsisara. That's what we said. That for 24 hours, for 24 hours, the moon is covered. So he says, Kach rabosai. Rashi says, this is how his Rebbeim taught him. Now that's why Rabbi Yochanan Benuri thought it was not true. That they were Eidei Sheker and they could not have seen that. However, however says Rashi, I, I, that was a slip, however, because of Rabbi Heber. No. He says, and however, says Rashi, Belibi Nokfi. Don't you love when Rashi says that? Belibi Nokfi. Midiktani Bevaisa Pamim Shebaba Rucha Pamim Shebaba We're going to learn yet today. He says, My heart tells me, compels me to think, right? Excuse me, that it has to do with the fact that sometimes the moon can, that they're looking at the same moon, it's the new moon, and they just, the reason they're mistaken is because sometimes the moon goes quickly as the crow flies. Sometimes it takes the scenic route in the sky. And that's what Rashi says at the end of this Rashi. Because doesn't it usually doesn't happen over a 12-hour period. That's way faster than one would think. As follows, I'm sorry, and, and, and it tarries. Why is Rashi saying this? I think the reason why Rashi's heart tells him that it has to be 
all about the new moon is because Rashi is buying into the fact that it would be physically impossible to see the old and the new moon within the same 12-hour period. And later on, we will see that Rabbi Gamliel, and this becomes very significant even within our Mishnah, Rabbi Gamliel accepted these witnesses. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri thought they were Eid Shaker. Rabbi Gamliel accepted them. Later on, you will see, there was a set of witnesses that Rabbi Gamliel rejected. As we will see in our Mishnah, Rabbi Gamliel accepted these witnesses with great authority. And he, we will see the famous story we're about to read, where he made Rabbi Yeshua come to the base Medrash, right, to acknowledge the fact that it was in fact, right, to acknowledge the fact that it was in fact uh, that they were Makadish the Chodesh and that these witnesses were valid. The question would be, if this was physically impossible, as it was later, a case that we have later, so then why would Rabbi Gamliel accept them? So I think this is the reason why Rashi has to say, no, it was not physically impossible what they said, it was simply that they saw the new moon and they mistook what it was. In other words, when the Adim aren't 100%, aren't 100% uh, just because the Adim didn't realize 100% what they were looking at, doesn't mean that their Adis is puzzle. That's very important. It, in other words, they could be somewhat mistaken, but based on their testimony, we could still accept, this is what I was hawking around with Rabbi Gross last night, because that was the question I had. Why would Rabbi Gamliel accept these Adim and not the Adim that we'll hopefully see later today? So the answer, I believe, is, or at least Rabbi Gross suggested, that here, there were simply, there were some aspects of their testimony that they were mistaken, but the actual Adis was not physically impossible. That's the point. And, be, and that's why Rashi is saying it's a case where they maybe didn't see, know exactly what they were looking at, but it was a valid enough aidus to accept. So now we're going to continue with the mission, and you'll see how, how emphatically Rabbi Gamliel accepted them. So Rabbi Yochanan ben said they were Eidah Sheker. And then Shabola Yavne, Kiblan Rabbi Gamliel. These same witnesses showed up with the same testimony to Yavne, and Rabbi Gamliel accepted them. <clears throat> another two cases on another occasion. They thought they saw the new moon in its proper time. As we've already said, early treatment is on time treatment. In other words, when we say bismano, we say early, we mean chaser, that is on the 20, that they saw it on the 30th day, which means it's going to be a 30, right, day, uh, month. And the following night, lo nira. Nobody saw it. So that's physically impossible you would think, but it is possible. It's possible that it's obscured the next day. But Kiblon, Rabbi Gamliel, and there too, Rabbi Gamliel accepted them as valid witnesses and he established the previous day, the 30th day, as Rosh Chodesh. Amazing. In other words, as Rashi explains, they, they said that they saw it that night, right? The night as if it was a chaser. And then Bezin is sitting and waiting to see the moon and everybody is waiting. As Rashi says, Bezin va'am, Everyone is waiting with bated breath and anticipation for this moon to come out. That it should be exposed. Everybody's waiting to see them because the Edim, after all, had already seen. And and then, and then they couldn't, they never saw it again. So, they, so there again, it could be that it, it could be physically possible. It is possible in that particular case that it happened. Just because we can't corroborate it doesn't mean that it's not true, and as we will see in today's Gemara, a fascinating question. And the question is, uh, it comes to a head here. Are you, let's say, let's say Bezdin, right, as we're, we're, this is going to, already we're going to get into tomorrow, Ain Eid Nasadayim. This question of, if you see, right, a, uh, if a, if a, if a uh, judge, 
right, witnesses a murder, okay? Let's say a Jewish dying witnesses with his own eyes a murder in cold blood. He's not allowed to testify, right? And he's not, he could be an aide, but he's not allowed to judge that case. He's not allowed to adjudicate that case. Well, you say, well, that's not justice. Like this killer should be put to justice. However, that's not how it works. You have to, the way it works in Bezdin is with testimony. So similarly, in a, in a similar way with the, and, and this is true of monetary matters uh, as well, although we'll see some differences between monetary matters. We'll try to see today some comparisons and differences between monetary matters and the Aedis on the moon. The Aedis on the moon is not a real Aedis, as we've already said. We do have biases and we can fix it. Uh, if it's physically impossible, we can't, we, we can't do it. But if we have plausible deniability, then the point is that it's the very Aedis that creates the Rosh Chodesh. It is the, Dayan, the Aedis and the Dayanim. We are the ones that are Mekadesh, the Chodesh. So that is going to come ahead in the Hemshech of our Mishnah, an unusual Mishnah, in that it actually is telling us stories, right, cases where the actual Aedis determined that it was Rosh, that it was Rosh Chodesh, right, even when the evidence that everyone can see, remember, this is not happening in some back alley. This is evidence that everyone's looking at in the sky. But even if the evidence goes against the testimony, it's the testimony and what happens in Bezdin and at the Sanhedrin that matters and not what we're seeing necessarily in the sky. Usually the two are in sync with each other, but when one contradicts the other, it is what's going on in Bezdin that matters. So, what happened? In this particular case, Nobody, they, they, they made it chaser and nobody saw the moon. So, so, Amar Rabdosi bin Hurkinis, right? Eide Shekahem. Just like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri had said previously in the previous case. In this case, Rabbi Dosi bin Hurkinis says these are Eide Shekher. And he adds a statement. To say that we saw the moon yesterday, but we don't see him today, would be similar to saying that a woman uh, testifying that she gave birth yesterday, and today we see her, right, walking around. She's pregnant up to her teeth, right? She's as pregnant as could be. Well, that's physically impossible. You can't turn back time like that. So Amar Lo Rabbi Yeshua, another character in this story, this is Rabbi Akiva's Rebbe, the famous Rabbi Yeshua, tremendous, tremendous tzaddik and gaon, says, right? He agreed with Rabbi Yochanan, with Rabbi Dosa bin Hurkanis. He said, Rabbi Dosa bin Hurkanis, you're saying good, right? I see what you're saying. Um, it's illogical that they saw the moon. They must have been mistaken because nobody else is seeing it. So, however, Rabbi Gamliel had already declared the new moon. So now you have, right, Rabbi Gamliel thinks that it's Yom Kippur on Wednesday. As it so happens, this particular episode took place on, um, on the end of Elul, which is, had implications for Rosh Hashanah. And so Rabbi Yehosh, Gamliel thought Yom Kippur was Wednesday. Rabbi Shua thought Yom Kippur was Thursday. So Shalach lo Rabbi Gamliel, and he says, Gozreni alecha, a message to Rabbi Yeshua. Gozreni alecha shatavo etzlibim makhelcha uva miosecha. Right, famous, famous story. Right, this was an episode that actually eventually got Rabbi Gamliel deposed temporarily and became a famous day when Rabbi Lezer Azariah said, Arani kaven shivim shana. Right? Because he took over and the base medish was open to everyone. Eventually, Rabbi Gamliel was reinstated. But this was the episode that got him deposed when he said, The treatment of Rabbi Yeshua. 
He made a gezera, but he did l'shem shemaim, obviously, right? Just people thought he went too far. L'shem shemaim, he needed to reestablish the authority of the Bezdin. And so he told the great Rabbi Yeshua, you have to come with all your muktza stuff, with your stick and with your money bag. Right? On your Yom Kippur, meaning he already made Yom Kippur on Wednesday. Uh, Rabbi Yeshua is going to be conspicuously missing on Thursday because he thinks that that day is Yom Kippur based on the reality of what he saw in the sky. Well, guess what? Motza Yom Kippur, the first thing we're going to make Rabbi Yeshua do is come to the base medish on the day that he according to his Cheshman, thinks is Yom Kippur. And he's going to have to demonstrate that he is Michalel, his Yom Kippur, so to speak, and he's keeping the Yom Kippur Wednesday of, um, of Rabbi Yeshua. Now, it's fascinating, right? Did he, did he say Kol Nidre and all the tefillahs? Did Rabbi Yeshua say all the tefillahs of, of Yom Kippur on Wednesday, right? That's, a, that, that's part of the story we don't know. But what happened on Thursday, we do know. First, backstory, says the Mishnah. Halachu Matzah Rabbi Kiva Meitzah. Rabbi Kiva, who is Rabbi Yeshua's Talmud, finds Rabbi Yeshua in, dire stra- in, in, in a real bad way. He's, he's, he's in terrible uh, stress. Rashi says he's going to be, mechalal, according to his cheshmer, he's going to be Mechal Yom Kippur. Is this really what he wants to do? Certainly not. So Amar Lo, we'll see, the Gemara is going to flesh out the story a little bit more. Amar Lo, so Rabbi Kiva said to Rabbi Yeshua, Yesh li lil mot shakol liel asui. I have to tell you, Rabbi Kiva said to Yeshua, you don't have to worry. It's not like you're going to be Mechal Yom Kippur because I could give you a limud to teach you that whatever the Bezdin of Rabbi Gamliel establishes, Asui, that's what the reality is. In other words, it's not like, oh, the real, this is what we keep saying. It's not like, oh, the real Yom Kippur is Thursday and Bezdin got it wrong and it's going to be like a par helem dover shel tzibur. There are certain cases where Bezdin are allowed to be wrong. Right, and they can really, actually, right, set the entire Klal Israel in the wrong path. They could do that, and sometimes they have to make, to make a kapara for that. But not when it comes to Rosh Chodesh. When the Bezin declares Rosh Chodesh, that physically sets the reality, and therefore you shouldn't have to worry that Michal Yom Kippur, because if they declared Wednesday Yom Kippur, Wednesday is Yom Kippur for all of Klal Israel, and Thursday is simply not Yom Kippur. So you don't have to feel. The tsar that it is that you're going to be mechal chas v'shalom yom kippur. What's his raya? Says the mishnah shenamar elim oadei hashem mikrei kodesh etikurotam. Right. This is a very famous pasuk that we've already discussed. Asher etikurotam. We are the ones that declare it. Bein bismanon says right explains Rabbi Akiva. Bein shalom bismanon. Ain li maadas ela elu. Right. In other words, whether we declare it in the proper time or declare it in quote-unquote, not the proper time, right? These are when the Moados are. That we declare the time, right? as we'll see. In other words, what do you mean, Shalom Bismanum? If, if it's the proper time, then it is Bismanum. No, the point is, no matter whether it is accurate with what's going on in the sky, 100%, that's not what matters. The only thing that matters is when we declare the Moed, when we have a Bezdin that has the authority to declare it, once they've declared it, that sets the reality, Period. And therefore, the reality is, Yom Kippur is on Wednesday this year, he says. So then Rabbi Yeshua, once convinced by Rabbi Akiva that it is in fact Yom Kippur on Wednesday, despite what they thought they saw in Cheshbon in the sky, he went back to Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus who supported him. Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus said, right, he was the one that said, come on, man, 
You, this is ridiculous. This is like saying that a, a woman that we know today is pregnant that she gave birth yesterday. So we can't even do this. This is too ridiculous of an edus to accept. But Rabbi Kiva explained it's not too ridiculous. It's not the same. It's a situation where we establish the reality. And therefore, once Rabbi Shua was so convinced, he went back to Rabbi Dosa bin Hurkanis, who agreed with him, and he gave him the Musr. Amar lo, Rabbi Yeshua said to him, you know what? Not now that we know that the Bezin has the authority to do so, to declare, right, Rosh Chodesh, despite what the reality seems to be. Therefore, if we're going to question the authority of the Bezin Rav Gamliel, then you know what? Every Bezin going forwards, all of their authority will be questioned. He's giving, right, so Rabbi Yeshua now is giving a dose of an Musr for questioning the authority of the Gedalim, of the Bezdin, Sha'amad, because otherwise you could question every authority, as the Mishnah continues, Sha'amad, Moshe, Ve'adachshav. Every Bezdin throughout the generations could be questioned, Shunemar, because we see that we say in Pasuk, Ve'yal Moshe, Ve'aron, right? Moshe, and Aaron, Nodav, and Aviv, and all the 70 Zikne Israel went up, right? So where, so what's going on? Lamalonis, Parshish, Moshem, Shilzakanim. Why are the 70 Zikanim, right? Uh, nameless. Why would that be? So, says the Mishnah, to teach you that that's the authority, right? That, as Rashi says, right? So he says, because when people come, she imba Adam ladun achar bezin should be yomah velomar vechibezin zeh kemosh of Aaron keeldad meidad omlo shema chashavu keshlosha min hashar shaloni sparshu shmosam. Right, Rashi spells it out. In other words, lamed as the mission says that any three that come up and make a legitimate bezin haray lamed shekol shlosha shalom du bezin lisrael harayu kebezdino shel Moshe that they have the authority of Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, it's Moshe. Right, and Aaron, not of a view, but then you have faceless, nameless people who have the same authority. That authority continues from generation to generation. And without that authority, this anarchy and chaos, you need to have that central authority in order to carry on, right, from generation to generation. And hundred percent. In other words, this is supposed to mean, right? This is this was Lo Susser, right? Lo Susser. Yamin small. Even if they tell you left is right and right is left, right? It's hard for us, it's hard for rational people to uh, accept sometimes because we assume we are searching for an objective truth and that wouldn't, they want to know the truth. Like if they knew the truth, they wouldn't, Paskin. There are cases, right, where we, where we say, you know what, this was revealed to be wrong and, and, and a Bezdin has to atone for that. Excuse me, however... However, for the most part, when it comes to certain things, and certainly, certainly when it comes to Kiddush HaChodesh, we were given the authority to, to establish the reality. So there is no such thing as getting that wrong, right? There's no such thing as getting it wrong. So you say, what do you mean? Look at the sky, you got it wrong. Well, not, don't forget, don't forget. You're even allowed to do it, right, when you are trying to do it uh, deliberately, meaning when you need to set the date in order to have Yom Kippur, let's say, not fall out next to Shabbos, you're allowed to have, um, you're allowed to set the date deliberately, so to speak, against, 
right? The, the, the Rambam doesn't use a Lashon of deliberately. We'll see that the Gemara will use a Lashon of Mezidim, that you do it like a Mezid. Mezid is a little strong for the Rambam. He'll say Anus, he'll say Anus, but the Mezid and Anus is really the same thing in this particular case. It means you're forced by circumstances to go against what you know is going on in the sky. So call that Mezid, call that Anus, call it what you will. The bottom line is it's a willful, right, denial of what's actually going on in the sky for the sake of setting Rosh Chodesh when we need to set it. We have been given that authority. And therefore, there is no such thing as being wrong. And, and that really is, uh, in the absence of Goranowitz, I still, I know that he would uh, prod me for a Goranowitz Musser moment. You know, I always find there's a lot of people who um, will declare against, you know, whatever uh, culturally uh, the Torah world will do and they'll say, well, that's not rational. This isn't rational. That's not rational. You know what? My response to such an individual would be, find a rational Rebbe by all means, right? In other words, I think that uh, we try to be as rational as we can, right? We're not trying to be delusional. Rational is very, very important, but it is equally important to have rational, right, Rebbeim, meaning to, to cite Rebbeim and to have the Mesorah, right? Because if you don't have the Zakanim going from generation to generation, you don't have the Mesorah, it's very easy to just follow your own. Once you have your own thoughts reverberating in your brain and you're following your own thoughts, uh, then as, as, uh, as Rabbi Gross teaches from this uh, Sefer and also Rabbi Frand, I was able to, uh, I go Sundays to his shir, he always tells the Talmidim, you need to have a Rebbe, even if you think you're smarter than the Rebbe, even if you know, some people get to the point, as Rabbi Frand says of himself, right, where they're older and all their Rebbeim have passed away, right? So it gets to a point in a person's life where, where, in Rabbi Fran's case, many of his colleagues have passed away. How's Rabbi Fran going to find, he doesn't have a rudiments at all anymore, who is he turning to for Shilas? He says, you have to turn to for Shilas, even if you think the person knows less than you, uh, that he has one advantage over you that you can never have, which is that he's not you, right? And that is the point. The point is to have that uh, sense of uh, balance, of, of, um, of not having your own voice reverberating inside your head, Right to keep you honest, and so the, the, there's an aspect here um, that we will see in our very Mishnah, an unbelievable expression of that exact piece of Musar. So watch this. Certainly, Rabbi Yeshua, by all accounts, was probably the biggest Gadol Ador in this, in this particular time. Right, even greater than Rabbi Gamliel. Okay, he was he was Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi after all. He was he was widely regarded as the greatest, and yet and yet he had to. Um, he had to take his stick, right? Says the Mishnah, continues. Look at this. He humbled himself from Yeshua, takes his stick, takes his money bag. He goes up and travels on a day that he thought was his Yom Kippur to Rabban Gamliel. He went on Thursday to the base Medrash, took a cab, took his money bag, and went to Rabbi Gamliel. Amad Rabbi Gamliel and Shakal Rosha. Rabbi Gamliel kissed him on his forehead. Amar lo bo b'shalom Rabbi v'salmidi. Come in peace, my Rabbi and my Talmud. Rabbi b'chachma, he acknowledges that Yeshua was greater than him and his Rabbi when it came to chachma. However, Talmidi shekibalta estevarai. You are my Talmud and that you accepted my words. Now that I'm thinking about it, this may not have been the one that he got deposed for. There was one where he made Rabbi Yeshua stand for a long time. 
Okay, uh, be that as may, I think it became like a multiplicity of events where they just, there was a, a bridge too far to cross and eventually deposed Birmingham Leal temporarily. But be that as it may, this was the incredible um, humility of Rabbi Yeshua reestablishing the authority of the Masora. Beautiful. So now the Gemara says, Tanya. Uh, an interesting b'risa. Beis Avi Abba is the house of my Zaidi. His Zaidi was Rabbi Gamliel Hazakein. Rabbi Gamliel Hazakein was famous in his own right and happened to have been the grandson of Hillel Hazakein. So we're talking about a lot of yichas here. So this is what we received. So as we see, right, some of the Mepharshim explain that this b'risa is brought here to justify Rabbi Gamliel allowing that first case of Adim to come. Sometimes you, it'll just sink like a stone. Sometimes it'll take its time across the sky, the moon. And therefore, sometimes it's a little hard to judge exactly which moon it is. And therefore, but still, therefore, if we want it to be a chaser, we kind of can have plausible deniability in a way because the moon is a little bit of an enigma. We don't know exactly. And therefore, unless you know for sure that it's scientifically impossible that that was the new moon, it gives us the ability to declare the new moon should we need to do so. That I just added that, as some Farsham do, into his statement. So the Gemara, my time of the Bay Rabbi, right? Bay Rabbi could be referred to as the, the house of Rabbi Gamaliel. This is a Pasuk in Tehillim that says that the moon's Lamadim, it's all over the place, different times. And the Shemesh, we know, right? The, the earth around the moon, I'm sorry, the earth around. The earth around the sun, that's a path well known. The 24-hour period, you can count on it like as a day is long, so to speak, and the sun is reliable. The Rirach, uh, not hard to tell. Shemesh, says the Gemara, Shemesh We know the sun is a constant. We know what's going on. The moon we can play with because the moon is an enigma, right? Wrapped in a riddle, shrouded in mystery. It's, a, it's, it's all over the place, and therefore, that's good for us, actually, because we could play around uh, with Malay and Chaser uh, accordingly at times. Another story, Rebbechia once saw the old moon, so you see an old moon standing visible in the sky, right, on the morning of the 29th. Now, he takes a cloud of earth, throws it at the moon, like, moon, moon, go away. He's frustrated. Why? Omar, he said the following, Rabbi Chia said, We have to be Makadashu tonight. What are you doing here? He's frustrated. Go away. Go conceal yourself. This is, right, um, th- th- this is um, a real uh, denial of what's going on, right? He really does not want to have it, right? As Rashi explains, right, this is, this is important. They needed to make that one chaser. Uh, That's the point. Rashi explains. And they can't do that, right? Because if they were make that, that year me'ubar, they would have Shabbos up against Yom Kippur. Rashi expl- spells out what the consequences here were. So based on those consequences, they needed to have a chaser. But once you see the old moon in the morning, because of the rule of the 24, right, you know you ain't going to be seeing the new moon tonight. That's the problem. So Rebbechia was frustrated because if we're still seeing the old moon, we're going to have a trouble making this Chodesh a Chaser. Right? That's, that's how Rashi explains what was going on. He wanted it to go away. We need, you to, we need you to be already long gone. 
because we need to welcome the new moon tonight. If you're here, if you're still here now, that's not a good sign for us seeing the new moon tonight. Uh, the, the different Mepharshim explain whether this actually physically worked and there was some sort of magic where it worked and the moon went away, like, uh, etc. Anyway, So Rebbe said to Rebbechia, Guess what? Plausible deniability here or another famous, uh, favorite term of mine, cognitive dissonance. <laughs> the reality, you can dissociate yourself from what you think is the reality and you could say, no, 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 that moon didn't exist, right? Go to the city of Aintav. That's what Aintav here means. Aintava is one of the best things you can have. So that's a great name for a city. But anyway, that's the name of this place. And there, they didn't see this moon. And you could pretend, like, so to speak, that you didn't see it. Go, go be Mekash the Chodesh there. Don't do, do, don't do it here, right? Because here we already, maybe people already all saw the old moon. So they're going to know that's physically impossible. There, they probably didn't see it. Go there, and there they will be able to be Kaddish, the Kodesh. Ushlachli, could be that like the Benyo Yada or some, some source calls Ain Tav, like seeing good or something. Whatever it is. The point is, you go to somewhere else where the moon had not been visible. Vishalachli, Simana, David, And then, if you're successful in being Makadish the Kodesh, send me a signal. Don't, you know, don't send me the signal of. Hey man, here they didn't see the moon, and therefore we were able to do the Kodesh, so we could keep it all on the down low, because that's suspicious. Just say David Melch Yisrael Chai Kayam, and I will know that you were successful to be Makadish Chodesh, and we'll be able to have Yom Kippur on the proper day. Uh, Rashi uh, explains that there is some connection between David Hamelech and the moon, as it says, Nimshel Bilavana, because it says in Tehillim, Kiso Keshemesh Negdi Olam. We do say David Melch Yisrael Chai Vekayam a few times when we say Kiddush Levana. Perhaps that's the connection, says Birnbaum. Um, but there's a connection between David and the moon. Okay? So now, Tana Rabbana. Story time. Pamachas Niskashu Shemayim Ba'avim V'nirist Mus Levana Be'esrim V'tisha Lechodesh Alright? Skies are overcast and you see something that looks like the moon on the Chaser, 29th. Kisvur Ma'am Lomar Rosh Chodesh So they wanted to Mimikadosh Lechodesh Vikshu Vesin Lechadro so this is the fascinating counter story. Whereas Rebbe Gamliel accepted those two dubious um, right, stories in the Mishnah to a great degree and accepted them even though it seemed like what they said, they were mistaken. Here, amazingly, they, they saw something. They wanted to be Mikadesh and Gamliel is not allowing it because it's not physically possible. As he learned from his Zaydi's house, Rebbe Gamliel Right, The famous concept of the difference between the two molots cannot be less than, right, 29 and a half days, two-thirds of an hour, and 73 chalakim from the previous one. Right, that is the minimum between two molots. Since that time had not uh, elapsed, right, uh, then it cannot be Right, that the mullet will become. This is a little problematic because other sources state that that amount of time is actually the average. Right, Birnbaum thought that that was what it always is. Apparently, it could be a little less, could be a little bit more. Uh, that's difficult with the Gemara because in this context, it sounds like um, that's the minimum that it could possibly be. Be that as it may, Rabbi Gamliel thought it to be a, the point in this Gemara is that Rabbi Gamliel thought it to be a physical impossibility for 
right, the, the, for, to, for the moon to have been seen. And again, if it's physically possible, but you think the Adem are mistaken, that's okay. You can accept those Adem, as long as it's physically possible. That's how we're understanding it. But if it's physically impossible, so then he's going to say, no, no way, that we cannot accept. And again, Rabbi Gamliel had to exert his authority. He's, you know, when you're the head of the Bezdin, you have to sometimes exert your authority. So before he exerted his authority by making Rabbi Yeshua come with his mukta items on the day that was Rabbi Yeshua's Yom Kippur. This time he exerted his authority in a different way. We'll say it outside first. On Rosh Chodesh, you're not supposed to be masbid. Even Bizman Azeh, uh, people say, except for Bizman Azeh, they'll say, really, you're not supposed to be masbid, so I'll just say a few nice words and make everybody cry for an hour. Uh, but don't, but we'll just, we won't call it a husband. We'll call it something else. But really, in, in those days, they were pretty serious about it. They were not masbid on Rosh Chodesh. Well, that is enough, Kamina, right? If he's going to say that this is, that we can be Mekadosh to Chodesh, then you can't be masbid. However, if he's going to say it is not Rosh Chodesh, despite the fact that Adam came, it's physically impossible, therefore Rosh Chodesh will be tomorrow, then today we can be masbid. And that is, in fact, what he did. Watch this. All right, there was a guy called Ben Zaza. Not, not the most impressive guy, and his mom was not the most impressive lady. And very speed of Gamliel, Hesped Godel. Yeah, Rebbe Gamliel's carrying on with this massive Hesped. I remember her chocolate chip cookies, and I would go, and he's talking, and everyone's crying for hours and hours. He's making a show of it to show today is not Rosh Chodesh. As the Gemara says, He wasn't getting carried away because she was so great. She was making a point, using this woman's Leviah to make a point that we are Maspa today because it's not Rosh Chodesh today. Very fascinating. Uh, she says, Ain must be the Miyantiv, and Rosh Chodesh is treated as a Yantiv. So now we're 13 lines up from the bottom, and we are saying as follows in the two dots. So what to do? Rabbi Kiva finds, so we're going to flesh out the story where Kiva finds Rabbi Shua depressed as follows. They ask, Me Meitzah. Who was upset? Because all it says is Matzah Rabbi Kiva Meitzah. So they say Rabbi Kiva Meitzah or Rabbi Shua Meitzah. So Tashma, the Gemara says, the Tanya, the Brisa spells out the story. That the story was as follows. Okay, so there we resolved it. It's Rabbi Yeshua who is depressed. Amar lo, Rabbi. So Rabbi Kiva says to him, Rabbi, why are you so upset? Amar lo, Akiva. Right, you take out the Rebbe because that's how the Rebbe would speak to his Talmud. He calls him Akiva. I'd rather be bedridden for 12 months than have this Gezerah. That actually is a, is a Cheshben that makes sense. What he's saying is like this. On Yom Kippur, the kind of year you're going to have is going to be decided, right? So guess what? I'd rather sit out the year and have the worst, most meaningless, nothing year, like write the year off and just be sick in bed and suffer for a whole year, rather than suffer a bad year and be Mechal Yom Kippur. Right? It was very upsetting to him. Right? I'd accept upon myself the Gezerah of having a bad year, but not at the peril of being Mechal Yom Kippur, Chas Hashalom. To which, Amalor Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarsheni Lomar Lefanecha Davar Echad Shilamaritani. So he respectfully says, please allow me to tell you something that you, of course, taught me. I learned it from you. Amalor Amar. He says, say, speak, my son. Amalor Rabbi Kiva says, we said in the Pasuk, right, Atem, Atem, Atem. It says three times, Atem. Really, it, it, it's not uh, the word Atem, right? It's Otam. Right? But if you spell it without a Vav, it's Atem. Why does it say Atem, Atem, Atem? Without a Vav, Chaser like that? Because it means Atem, Afilu, Shogigim, 
even if you're making a mistake, atem afilu mezidim, right? There it is. Even if you're doing it, right? Be mezid, which as we say, Rambam takes out that lashon and calls it onus, but it's really the same thing, which means to say, willfully, you're allowed to do so. In other words, even if it seems different in the sky, as we've already discussed, the bezin can willfully make the date as they see fit. And atem afilu mutim. And guess what? <laughs> Even if you are wrong, so to speak, you were misled, right? So that's even the next level, right? In other words, if you do it by accident, certainly it's okay. Even if you do it on purpose, it's okay. But guess what? The next level is you don't know what you're doing at all. It's still okay. You need to preserve your authority, right? Bilashon hazeh amarlo akiva nichantani nichantani. And to that, Rabbi Yeshua said to him, you're Menachemus. This is not the only time where we say Akiva Nichantani, right? He is Menachemus, right? And he was double Menachem. Uh, there's different ways of saying why it says Nichantani twice with Akiva. Rabbi Akiva had incredible insight, insight and just his very perspective was a Nechama. Um, and, uh, and so we go on. Balo Etzav Rabbi Dosa Ben Horkinus. Now the Mishnah said, he went back to Rabbi Dosa Ben Horkinus and he says, Tonerbanu, so this exact idea where Yeshua questioned Ribdosa and he told and really gave him the Musa that we have to preserve the authority of the Gedalim, he says, why did the Zakanim's name not get spelled out? Right? People could say, uh, they said, you know, Rabbi Rabbi Hopper uh, made a psak, or Heinemann made a psak. So we say, what? Is he like Moshe and Aaron? You should not say that. This is with a question mark. Once you name the scholars, so then you're going to say, are they like him? It's purposely obscuring their name to say that they are not, it's not the person that is the point. It's who is carrying the Masorah. It's the Masorah and the institution that's the point. Right? Shmuel said to the people, Hashem who produced Moshe and Aaron, Whoa. So we quoted Moshe, Aaron, and Shmuel. Now we're quoting Yerubal, Badan, and Yiftach. Badan and Yiftach. Yerubal is Gidon. Gidon was called Yerubal because he didn't like the, the uh, idol of Baal and he made us think about it. Badan is Shimshon. Shimshon was called Badan because he came from the Shevet of Dan. And Yiftach Kemashmal. Yiftach was called Yiftach. So, as we turn to Chafei and Bez, the Oymer, Moshe, Aaron, Bechonav, Shmuel, Bechorei, Shmuel. Right? We say that Moshe and Aaron were among the priests, and Shmuel were those who call his name. What does all that mean? In other words, not saying that Gidon and Shimshon were lightweights, but they were not. Moshe and Aaron, you can't say that. The Yerbal, who's Gidon, in his generation, he was the Moshe Rabbeinu. Badon, who's Shimshon, you know he had his, his right uh, shortcomings. However, Ke'aron Bedaro, he is like the Aaron of his generation. Yiftach Bedaro Kishmuel Bedaro. It's a famous phrase. The Yiftach was like Shmuel, who was great Shmuel in his generation. Okay, a little harsh. But even the most insignificant, once he has that uh, position, right, of leadership, He's considered the most distinguished. You should come to the Kohanim and the Levim and all the judges. What do you mean? That you should go to the judges of that day. What, are you going to go to a time machine? Go to the judges of a different day? No. It means, That's what you got. What you got in your generation is what you got. We grew up in generations, right, where there may have been revertiment. 
right? Let's say we'll talk about the the the, the local yeshiva. So Verderman Zatzal obviously was amongst the gadol amongst the, of the gadolim. Okay, but now we have gadolim that follow, and then there was Weinberg and Feldman. We go with the gadolim that we have, and we're grateful to have them, and they move on and on and on. The Oimer Al Toimer Meha Yasha Yemimar Yishonim Yutuva Toivim Eila. Don't fall into the pitfall. Say that that we wish we had the good old days. Now we can't follow whoever we have today, right? Um, we because whoever you have today, that's who has the authority. And don't don't um, idealize and romanticize the past. What we have today is plenty good. It's from Hashem, and that's what we should go with. Finally, not Maklom also be yado. So, as we said, Rabbi Gamliel walked with his stick in his hands. Rabbi Shur, rather, walked with his stick to Rabbi Gamliel's bezin. Tanur came and Shara also. So, again, the episode, back to this beautiful episode. As soon as Rabbi Gamliel saw Rabbi Shua, Amad Mikiso and Shakal Rosha gave him the kiss on the kepel. Amar Lo said Rabbi Gamliel, Shamalecha Rebbe Vitamidai. Right, as we've already said, Shamalecha, you're my Rebbe and my Talmud. Rebbe Shalimaratani Tarba Rabim, you're my Rebbe, because I used to go to your shear. You were the biggest gadol. And when I tell you that as a gazer, you accept it like you're my subservient, you're like my talmud. Right? How praiseworthy is the generation where people listen to the ra- where where the gedolim rather listen to the ketanim? Where you have this elder rabbi, and he's listening to the younger rabbi who's who's up and coming. Kalvachomer, the young people should listen to the older people. Says the Gemara, Kalvachomer Chiyuvahu. What do you mean? Young people are always supposed to listen to their elders. Why is this a Kalvachomer? Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. it's a Musr. It's a Gerano, it's a Musr moment. Because the elders are listening to the young people, what are they doing? They are inspiring. They are setting a precedent. When the Ketanim see that even the older guy, who we know is the biggest tzaddik in the community, is listening to the young rabbi. I remember this from my father-in-law, Oliver Shalom, where he, he, he brought in Rabbi Walter, Zazayin uh, Gazunt, to Woodside, Silver Spring. Rabbi Moshe Walter is great, uh, but he's very, very young, especially when we brought him in. And my father-in-law was a transcendent Talmud Chacham. And yet, when he was in the hospital bed and Rabbi Walter came to visit him, his eyes lit up, he like stood up to his full stature to the best of his ability. The covet of the Rabbanim has nothing to do with uh, necessarily with age, it has to do with the position. And so that's inspiring. When you see someone who you know is Malakresa Bishasa Poskim and has been there and done that and himself was a great uh, Rebbe, and when you see him giving the cover to the young up-and-coming Rebbe, then Noisin Ketanin Kavachomer Be'atzman. So then the young people take note and they make the Kavachomer to themselves. All the more so we who are younger and less knowledgeable than the rabbi we have to give cover to this rabbi. It's an inspiration. And so we finished um, Perik Sheni of Rosh Hashanah. And we start the third Perik to get ourselves excited for tomorrow. We'll start with the Mishnah and we'll pick and, and, and we'll hit the ground running tomorrow. Says the Mishnah, still in Kiddush HaChodesh, Ra'u Bezdin V'chol Yisrael. Nechkaru, right? So this is uh, Perik Ra'u Bezdin. If all of Klal Yisrael see the moon, Nechkaru Edim, or if the witnesses are interrogated. However, they, right, it was a logistic problem. They weren't, they, they didn't manage to finish um, all, all of the, all of the, uh, to say Kedush, uh, in the Bezdin, it got dark and they didn't get to say it in time. Wow. 
It's a logistical administrative problem, but guess what? It's going to be a me'ubar. It's not going to be declared. Says the Gemara, Ra'u bezdin bavad. What should you do if they see it alone? Yamdu shnaim ve'idu v'sneim. In other words, no edim come for whatever reason. So the bezdin themselves have to take matters into their own hands and they'll, they'll do the testimony. V'yomer mekudosh mekudosh. And that they could do. Ra'u shlosha. What if only three people see the moon? The hen bezdin. And they are in fact the bezdin. Yamdu shnaim ve'yashivim mechavreim. It's all yachid. So what should they do? They should see two, two of the Chachamim among their colleagues beside a single dayan, and the two witnesses would testify be, before who? So we'll see in the Gemara tomorrow how does this work with regards to Ein Eid Nasadayan, the Yomer Mekudosh Mekudosh. This is something that we're going to discuss in the Gemara tomorrow, how this exactly works when you only have a certain amount of dayanim and they have to become the Eidim. However, says the Gemara, In other words, it's preferable to have two Edim, as we'll see and we'll flesh out in the Gemara, and the Mishnah brings it out, preferable to have two Edim and one Dayan than one Eid. Why? Because one individual judge can't proclaim it by himself, and therefore you have to figure out how you're going to seat two other judges from amongst their colleagues. You can't just bring a single judge. Right, you have to bring two more judges from the Sanhedrin in order to adjudicate and to declare the moon how many judges and how many aidim we need and how an aid does or does not become a dayan will be the topic of tomorrow's Gemara.